I am unashamed. What about you? Questions about that. We may have a derail on that. Yeah. I think Phil's stories are better than us. <laughs> <laughs> that may be our second. Cold open for the second part. You want to save it for the so second? Let's save that for the second. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, ready? They're, they're good. So we uh, so welcome home, Jays, and we've added Missy, uh, which is always a pleasure. People love it when you're on Missy. They love to see Jay squirm, which is funny because before we got started, Jay's is eating his customary Chick Fil A chicken biscuit, which because every podcast is better with Chick Fil A. Uh, we need to get a, them as a sponsor. They need to pay <laughs> pay me for saying that, right? Um, so Missy says you need to get that biscuit out of your beard. And then yeah. she looks at Josh and says, who, who, who's in charge of that? I said, no, <laughs> no one's in charge. Someone of needs to be. There's no, there's no making Jace look better. Then he starts talking about his hair, how frizzy well, it is. I had to tuck it. I had to tuck the hair because it looked like I just stuck my finger in a light Well, socket. we did a lot of debating on whether we should have hair and makeup or not. Oh, yeah. no. I'm sure there was a big debate about that. Or my, should we do it, you I, know, hair I actually makeup? think something from Greece, when I came back, there was something in the air. Probably. Uh, there was one of the There dirt. was lots of things in the air. So when I got back, my hair just fried. So I don't mm. know. Maybe you're a woman. Maybe you can help me. With I don't that. think I don't think I can I, help I you. <laughs> well, what's interesting about Greece, and we're going to talk a lot about Greece today, because you guys well, were hold just on like, now. Didn't they invent the Grecian formula? <laughs> I don't know. Of what? Somebody you put it in your hair, and they called it a Grecian <laughs> formula. Now I'm connecting all the dots. Well, you, I went research there, and hair, development. You guys check on that. My hair fried. Isn't there a product called Grecian formula? There's a Brazilian blowout. You uh, you might. You might do well with that. I think Grecian formula was a hair dye back in the oh, day. Yeah. Jace, for you to become Vogue <laughs> regarding hair, I'm just glad to tell you, son, you, you, you ain't going to make it. I never think of Jace and Vogue in the same sentence. That's, no. That doesn't really happen for me. I, now, I miss no, could be Vogue. I have no uh, idea what you're talking about. I know so you Leave don't. it along. So here's what's interesting thing about Greece. So, because Dad and I went a few years ago, Where'd y'all go? We just went to Athens only because yeah. we were filming. But so Greece is an ancient empire that, as we know from the Bible, at one time was one of the you know greatest empires on the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they ruled everything at one period of time. And but now it felt to me like it's a third world country. I mean, it's not. But it felt that. Did it, it feel that way to you? I mean, just because it's kind of there, there's a lot of third world country aspects. That's what I to thought. That. Mm-hmm. Which is very strange. When you, when you can't take toilet paper and flush it down the commode, <laughs> that's that's a trigger for that's that, third world country. That's right. Red flag. We're off to the wrong start. Did y'all have to pay to go to the bathroom? Because we had to like pay to go to the bathroom. Remember that day? First time we were there was you know we got to go to the bathroom. They were like oh over here and there there were you had to put coins into a thing to unlock mm-hmm. the door to go into use bathroom. I that. I, I've never paid before that to go to the weather. You got to remember, I learned, you know, we went with Larry, who we, Larry Bowles, who we had on a podcast mm-hmm. with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Look it back about a hundred podcasts ago. He was on there somewhere. He was really good. <laughs> Laughs a lot. Big laugh. And <laughs> he's, he's from Oklahoma, has a great ministry. The plan, what he did, he's been there 10 or 12 years and all these refugees from surrounding countries come, come there to get away from these Muslim-controlled or just radical Muslim or radical religious. It's kind of a portal to the Western mm-hmm. world from, from the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they they 
they come there to to start a new life. Of course, how they got there, because we heard a lot of stories, were rough. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we heard. These quite, are the ones who survived the yeah, trip. Yeah. Right, because a lot of people mm-hmm. don't, right? No, they yeah. don't survive. So they're. But he he had an interesting point. He said in the nineteen seventies and eighties, there were sixty to seventy thousand people in Athens. Well, the government turned the country into a socialistic type country. Correct. Well, now two thousand twenty one, there's over six million people in Athens that aren't Greeks. Well, no, well, just total. They, they total are people. total. Okay. I'm saying we got seventy thousand from the seventies and eighties. Now it's over six million. We got too many people in a tight space here. And a lot of those were immigrated in, right? Now a lot yeah. of them are refugees, but all the rural places, due to their structure of the government, couldn't make a living. So yeah. when you get out of the city, which we only did a couple of times, because I literally was so claustrophobic, I thought. I have to, I just have to get out of this mm-hmm. countryside. Well, it was awesome, but there was nobody there. Yeah. A lot of abandoned, fishing. beautiful little villages just <clears throat> completely abandoned. You know, That's houses, incredible. homes. Well, th- this stat, they all moved to the city where they could just try to. Well, because seven out of 10 people in the city who have jobs work for the government. So that, that's what happened. So what, what, what I realized is. Whoever is for a socialistic society, <laughs> go there and stay a week. Yeah, and and let me know, because like you have severe homelessness. Uh, I mean, people if they got to go to the bathroom, you're talking about bathroom. They just go right there in the street in front of everybody. We actually saw. I hate that. to tell you, Jace, but <laughs> these United States of There's America people that want to do it here. We on there. We on the. We on the way there. Not, they're just not well informed. If I I, I get it that. You know, it sounds really great. You'll always have a job. You work yeah. for the government. You always have a job, and you always be cared for and taken care of. And healthcare is free, but we all know that it's not free. Mm-hmm. And that I I told Jace on the plane back home. I said, "Why is it that some Americans think that we're going to do socialism different? That's right. <laughs> it all ends up the same, and it's really really sad. And the streets, I, I, they're filthy, they're yeah. dirty." They're narrow. No one. It's like what what Larry and Kathy Bowles told us is there are they're not really laws here. They're just guidelines. You know, so yeah. you're seeing people just, you know, when they're driving, they're driving opposite way on a one way street. They're cutting in through corners. They're going over, you know, the curbs it, and there's no police. Well, there's there's too so, many people. You just can't to get around. Force. Right. We, we, the roads, which Larry was driving. Which he normally doesn't, but you know there was a little crew of us, so we had a van, and I mean he's both hands on the steering wheel, <laughs> like here we go. Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy. The little motorcycles they go in between the cars right. constantly. I would say every ten seconds, there's mm-hmm. a motorcycle going in between you and the other car, and the lane is already too small. And yeah. I thought he said, you know, you would think there'd be bodies scattered everywhere. He said, but they. They got it figured out. We, <laughs> so I, I was like, well, where are they going? Because they're not going outside the city. Mm-mm. But that was kind of the backdrop, which I'm not a city guy. So, t- you know, realize that this was as big a sacrifice as I could possibly well, venture. <laughs> I, I would say that we were sh- we were shocked because when we as Americans think of Greece, personally, I 
I think of Mamma Mia. I think of the movie Mamma Mia. That's the Greece I want to see. And, you know, the beautiful countrysides and the white buildings with the blue domes and just the bougainvillea everywhere and all the pots and cleanliness. That's not what we saw. We saw well, it's out there different. once you it's, get out of the town. It, it must be there somewhere, but it's not where, where we were. Yeah. And that's not where the ministry was happening. And that's what we were there to support and to witness and see. And Jace, I will say it was shocking to me because, you know, we went with One Kingdom who, you know, is under the eldership of our church, yep. Ryan Lee, who we're very good friends with. But Ryan calls Jace, which I would have said never call him to ask him this. <laughs> Because I know what the answer is going to be. But he called Jace and asked, told him, you know, they're going to take a small crew to Greece to see what Larry's doing and check on the church there and all that. Would we want to go? And Jace said, yeah. I said, what? I mean, I, what? but here's the reason why is because what Larry and his crew is doing there is incredible it's amazing yes and we really wanted to see it happening and what once we did see it happening i love it even more yeah it it's a hard hard place to live there is nothing easy about living there do you know why i said yes because i've always thought you know we talk about the war on terror in these radical groups in these these countries where they just don't value every human being i know the greatest weapon quoting Corinthians via the Holy Spirit, that the weapons we fight with are not of the world. You know, they have the power. Where's that at? 1 Corinthians 12. They have the power to demolish strongholds and get into people's thoughts and help them take every thought captive to Christ. And so I thought the best thing you can do is to change the heart, and Jesus is the way to do that. So for a guy... You know, Larry from Oklahoma, in the rural areas of Oklahoma, to go over there, I thought if he's willing to do that, to try to bring these You're people to, go to Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm willing to go over there and get involved. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to gripe and complain about, you know, people flying into buildings in our country if I'm not willing to risk my life to try to change something. Because mm-hmm. I realize that even though it's a small group, that, you know, God does powerful things in small groups of people. That's right. And so I just wanted to to go check it out and, and encourage. And so they asked me to preach on Sunday. At was the it church? Sunday that we did that? Yeah. And look, this is, I mean, a lot of, we're not. <laughs> was gonna, it Sunday when they met there? I don't know. We're not far. Well, country. you got to remember. You know, <laughs> Most people oh, meet on Sunday. We're Sundays. not going to share every detail because what they're doing is dangerous. Right. These, these countries where they come from. You know, it all started with helping refugees from a humanitarian standpoint and then sharing Jesus with right. them. And look, some of the stories Larry told us, because a lot of these refugees, if they don't have their papers, they put them in prison. And he goes in there and shares Jesus with them. He he just tries to befriend them and be good to them, share Jesus with them. Well, what happened, there's less refugees now, but these early converts have now turned into leaders Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of Bible training during the week. We sat in on, you sat in on two sessions. I won. I mean, it's hours Mm -hmm. of very good Bible training. Right. And, and they love it. It's actually like faith training. You know, it's not a whole lot about let's dig into the scripture. It's let's dig into why, why you need to change your life and what it means to actually change your life for Jesus because they understand Jesus because they they came from a very rule oriented way of life um, with that with religion 
Can we say that religion? Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the Mus- know, and Islam. Muslim, yeah. Islam, yes. Yeah. And so it so the women especially, and when they hear about the love of Jesus, right. they're they're in, you know, that the heart is is turned for Jesus. But then they're like, you know, how how do I live that now? Because they're so used to a completely different way of life. And so he talks about redemption. He talks about salvation in terms of how how to encourage other people and share salvation with other people. So one thing that he, I, I, I learned a lot sitting there listening to him because it's just about how you live your life and the decisions that you have to make daily and parenting and, you know, reaching out with your family. But, but one thing that he said that really stuck out to me was even a lot of Christians do this. It's not about adding Jesus to your life. You don't add him to your life. Yeah. You empty your life and fill it with Jesus. Right. He wants everything. And so he's really going deep with them in ways that will really help change their entire way of thinking into a new world. And it yep. was really amazing well, to One hear. of the things that always impressed me about Larry is he understood that the gospel of Jesus and, and him is multifaceted. So different aspects of that affects different cultures. And so he really zeroes in on him coming to earth and why. Mm -hmm. Remember when he was talking about how important the idea of Jesus coming here was Mm -hmm. to to most of the Muslim world that he speaks to. Whereas in an American culture, that's not, I mean, that's important, but, you know, we focus much more on the cross. You know, everything here is about what happened on the cross or what happened in Mm -hmm. the tomb. And so it's just a different mindset of how you, how you came to Christ, which is a good point. I think, I mean, hang on, let's, let's take a break now, Jay. So when you're duck hunting, Jace, do you think it's better to take a rifle with you or take a shotgun with you? Just as a general, if you're going to. I'm going to take a shotgun <laughs> unless the deer can walk because it's illegal unless the deer is, you know, it's got to be shallow So when you're, we shoot ducks, we take a shotgun because obviously we have a pattern and it helps our chances. If you were, if you were trying to kill ducks, it's illegal, but if you were trying yeah. to kill ducks with a bow and arrow, uh, you know, yeah. you might come up a little bit short. I wasn't it's sure where that was going. <laughs> well, the reason I brought that up is that's a redneck way of talking about one of our new sponsors, which is a company called Marpipe, M-A-R-P-I-P-E. And so what they do is they come up with creative ways to be able to market and have ads on websites because it's very difficult to just have one thing. So they come up with a way to have multiple variants. So when I thought of it, they said shotgun approach. And I said, well, shotguns, I understand. I don't understand a lot about advertising on the internet, but I understand shotgun. The broader the pattern, the better. So you're saying in the duck blind in Louisiana with the mar pipe. There you go. That's it. So uh, these guys. These, <laughs> that was the clue. Yeah, that's the clue. <laughs> these guys really help uh, help you to be able to, on Facebook and different things like this, to be able to really spread out your ads, to be able to have them creative and different. Uh, if you're spending $25,000 a month on Facebook, then you need Marpipe today. So apparently there's a lot of people spend a lot of money wow. to advertise. So you want to book a free demo at marpipe.com slash unashamed right now. You get a free $2,000 credit but only until December 31st. So sign up for your free demo, get a free $2,000 credit at marpipe, M-A-R-P-I-P-E.com slash unashamed now through the end of the year, marpipe.com slash unashamed. I mean, the key thing is these are radical movements that people are escaping from. And 
the group that we met with, because they had these rules, they're still pretty well at early stages of the coronavirus rules there. I mean, you couldn't have more than 25 people in a room. You had to wear a mask pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of the other rule-oriented things they had about places we went, I mean, you couldn't touch a statue or take a picture of some things, you know, or they blew the whistle. <laughs> I had, yeah. So you got like a lifeguard. This it, it's like a lifeguard whistle. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you so, think you're just so out you're walking exactly. around. There's lifeguards everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just, but but Look. that doesn't even surprise me. In a heavy government mm-hmm. society, of course mm-hmm. you're gonna have this. Of course, the number one job I've noticed in Athens is whistleblowers. Because <laughs> here's not like funny. the kind that tell a story. I'd I mean, literally whistleblowers with yeah. ten thousand people, you know. And all of a sudden, I hear the whistle, and I think, some old boy, you know, I look, now like they're looking. <laughs> at me <laughs> sir do not take pictures of the artifacts but they said that in some kind of grecian you know you weren't getting it yeah <laughs> oh i was hablo no greco <laughs> i mean every time they confronted me i yeah. uh but that I but know. they were speaking greek but the refugees were all speaking farsi yeah they all speak farsi yeah. So well, we were we were kind of like, okay, then I I thought I think I would learn, you know, thank you in Farsi and I would say it in Greek and it was like I don't know who's Greek. When you read, how many how many interpreters did you have? Well, I just had you, one. Oh, well, usually uh, there's like two, you know. Well, well we, the they group, were Farsi. We were, yeah, I mean okay. there's different people, but like I said when the rules were down to 25, which we slightly probably broke that. We had mainly Iranians, mm-hmm. which they're preferred to be called Persians, which I learned that. Yeah. In Afghanistan, uh, Afghans. Only a couple, though. Most, well, most I just people were from that Iran. Was, that mm-hmm. was the, the group. And uh, But what's what's ironic is when I got there, like day two, I, I get sick. I mean, violently sick, which I thought, well, it can't be the coronavirus because I got, you know, I had the vaccine and then got tested within a 48-hour period, which is what the rules were. <laughs> so get then that when, we, blown on when we get to the airport when we land in greece i get out and lo and behold i've been chosen randomly <laughs> to get tested again and i i was furious because i was like i just got tested i mean i have you the had doc- the paper i right? had mm-hmm. the document yeah right Ran- you know random and i, I was furious because i was like Facial profiling is alive and well. They saw me and said, "Oh yeah, right this way." That guy looks. Next thing I know, I'm being taken off by a bunch of Greek police, way away from the herd, and I just didn't. I didn't like it. Yeah, and uh, I was tested. They saw that frizzy hair and beard, and they were like, "There's a lot of places for coronavirus to hide right here." I just, I just was thinking, this is spiritual war right here because I was tested vigorously. I mean, I said to the tested agent, because he couldn't understand English, I said, you should have been a butcher. And he's like, I, I blow no English, eh? Well, they just run well, the thing up your nose, right? Now. Oh, yeah, but it was with force. And uh, there was no care and concern whatsoever. And, and I was wanting to abort the mission right then. But anyway, what I'm saying is I got sick, and, and I thought I can't speak because one day I just – could not move. I could not get out of bed. And I really think that I was, because of the prayers of people, because the next day that I was going to speak, I got up and I could barely walk. I was dizzy. And I was like, I'll tell you what, Lord, I'm going to go. 
if I can make it. And if, if I can't, if I pass out, or, then I'm going to consider that <laughs> okay, this is a no-go. <laughs> but I'm headed that direction anticipating healing because my whole deal is this, I get one shot, yep. which is what I was It's not like explain. you're coming back next Sunday. I ain't coming back ever, Al. <laughs> this, is, this, is my, this is my contribution to this ministry. And so unless I go on the fringes. That was a B. No, it lit on Phil. <gasps> really? yep. There's it's a on, B in your beard. In your beard. No, oh, Phil, it's a B. It's on your it's, shirt it's, now. On, I, I'm, I'm not getting that. It's crawling up the Phil, back of your shirt. Phil, it's, it's okay, a, it has it. a stinger. Don't, don't, I, if you yeah, he's it's gone. It's flying around. Well, that's why the clap. Yeah, hold on. Oh, my goodness. I was goodness. trying to crush the varmint. Oh my goodness! I'm out of here. Hang on. All right, stand by. Hang on. You made him mad, Phil. Yeah, yeah. He's looking to time out. I meant to do worse harm than that. Hang on, give me one more shot. Okay, can we edit this out? (gasps) You got it. Here go. No, step on him. This is much too fun. This is the most exciting thing that's happened here. The Almighty Almighty sent the wash to show you something. (laughs) Now, I heard y'all speeches. Now I'm jumping at everything. I heard your speeches. This is an interesting interesting little little point. 700 years before Jesus came, and those refugees y'all are mentioning are coming across and they're hearing the message and they're turning to Jesus. Isaiah 53, 700 years before Jesus came in flesh. Who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then he goes through this long thing about an individual coming up like a root out of dry ground, no beauty, no majesty, he was pierced for our transgressions, put in a grave, a rich man, and and suffered, put in a grave. But after the suffering of his soul, he'll see the light of life. So the gospel is preached in advance, 700 years, give or take a few, before Jesus. You turn over, and you another one of the prophets, it, we're 100 years closer now. This is like 630 6 B.C. Here's what Habakkuk said. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? And remember, who's believed our message? Look, we're spinning our wheels here. Watch. Or, or cry out to you, violence. You know, that's all we see. But you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife, conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. The wicked him in the righteous so that justice is perverted. There's no way out of this thing. I mean, Habakkuk is singing the blues. Yeah. The Lord's answer, and then I'll move to that, what Jay saw in Athens. Look at the nations. Just take a look around at the nations. Y'all were talking about it. Socialism, the downside to all that. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something. And just think about this going into Matthew 16. 
about Jesus from that time on said, uh, I'm going up to Jerusalem to die. Three days later, I'll be resurrected from the dead. And from that time on, he kept bringing it up. Matthew records it. Mark records it. Luke records it. John. I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Well, right in the middle of that, when you get over here to the book of Acts and the apostle Paul, they're trying to, brothers, children of Abraham, you God-fearing Gentiles, it's to us that this message of salvation has been sent. Now we're at a time frame, 630-some years from Habakkuk, now God has become flesh. He has died on a cross, like he said, and he was resurrected from the dead. So the apostle Paul hammers that. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Remember in, in Matthew, he was trying to tell them, he performed the miracle. No, nope. need, need to kill him. Acts 13. Yeah, get rid of him. Paul said, yet in condemning him, they fulfill the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Well, I just gave you some of them. Yeah. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, there was no way to kill this person. It's like Jason talking about blow the whistle. Pilate, <laughs> for a death They asked Pilate to have him executed. Well, then he goes through the resurrection of the dead. He's been raised from the dead, and he gets down at the bottom this is Acts chapter 13, verse uh, uh, 41. Look, you scoffers. Look who the apostle Paul goes to, Al. Wonder, meaning wonder and, and perish. You just don't get it. Watch. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Yeah. Well, now the apostle Paul is dealing with the same thing Habakkuk is saying. And Isaiah said, "Well, here's what's interesting. It's right in front of them. Jesus' death, burial, it's right in front of them. And they're saying, yeah, the Jews were plotting away. They, when, when the congregation was dismissed, all of them got it to, got together. So we're going to get rid of him. We know that guy. It never ends. Well, fast forward to his trip in Athens, Greece. And fast forward to what we do on the first day of the week. And we have the gospel and signage above us actually written down and with arrows so you can't miss it but it's still like pulling teeth to this day the well, message of the cross and the resurrection well, hang on Des, let's take another break so missy they say home is where the heart is mm. did you say that's a true statement absolutely absolutely especially when you're Kids are out of the home. You miss them when they come back, right? Depends on who's in the home. <laughs> <laughs> my home is the home where How my kids are. are. Okay. It's just, also it's also where the rest of us is, not to mention our family. And it's more than just a roof over your head. It's something you protect, right? And so uh, one of our longtime sponsors, Home Title Lock, helps be able to protect your home and your home title specifically uh, because cyber thieves go in online, steal your home title, and then basically use your equity for themselves, and then you wind up with nothing, which is terrible. So it's happened, unfortunately, to a lot of people. And so they're going to help you protect that. HomeTitleLock.com. Go to their website, 
register your address, make sure you're not already a victim. Use the promo code RADIO. You're going to get 30 free days of protection. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO, HomeTitleLock.com. Protect your home and your heart. What's interesting is I, when I got up to speak, I actually read Isaiah 53, and Larry hey. read, read Habakkuk in his uh, Bible class. <laughs> there you go. Which was a, a similar similar synergy. I, I didn't guess. know that, Jace. We did. It's amazing. So I get up, and I had the interpreter, and just a peace came over me because I was a little worried about having the interpreter, but... We never. By now, I, you're I feeling never, good. good. Mm-hmm. Your illnesses. Mm-hmm. Peace came over me. And yeah. by the way, they sent out a prayer chain here. I, I, really I was praying for you. I mean, like yeah. it went to a lot it's of people. It's like what we talk about. You know, was it a miracle? No, but it was it supernatural? Absolutely. <laughs> what and, kind uh, of response did you get in Athens, Greece, when well, you told them what? what they the plan dragged was? him through the city. <laughs> I was dragged. And stoned him at the. <laughs> no, here's what because ha- we're you got to remember this is kind of an underground operation, and. We had uh, we only had one non-believer there, but just to show where they're at in their ministry, you know, we had some who they consider leaders. Mm-hmm. They had a woman who had just been converted. Was it two weeks? Two weeks before from Af- from Afghanistan. Her husband had been killed in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and she had two little girls. and And you have one person who they've been studying with. Well, when I got to the invitation, of course, I just introduced jesus i did i went through act 17 because i'm in athens <laughs> i'm like i got three questions and, and that was <laughs> pretty good that, setup that for your lesson there was it, yeah. perfect so when i said you know is there anybody here who wants to respond well the one non-believer raised his hand he actually and, stood up yeah he, he stood, stood up, up. he like, like i'm in in whatever <laughs> way you know yeah and, and, uh, yeah so I was like, so we was looking around. I was like, we're going to baptize this fellow. And he was like, well, it takes three hours to uh, fill up the bucket. Because you got to remember, this is kind of a desert area. Yeah. Inner city. Yeah. Even though we had a flood in like day two. We'll, we'll get the hose in the bucket. <laughs> well, they got the hose in the bucket, but we we left. But but here's what's interesting, what I wanted to say. So I'm speaking. Well, this is being broadcast in Iran, Afghanistan. There's There's... It's a live Some of them, Syria, uh, other European countries, North Africa, in, in a lot of these radical uh, towns. So there's people listening, which that was exciting. That's why I wanted to do this. Of course, I'm out there now. I'm sure I'm on a poster somewhere, but which is fine. <laughs> because they are. The, yeah. the leaders there have well, received many, their names many, many right. death well, threats. Right. And yeah. that's why we won't get too much into mm-hmm. the details, but... What I found fascinating is uh, later on they showed me a video from one of the underground churches where this is being broadcast, and they were baptizing a guy in Iran. Uh, so somebody said it looks like they're baptizing him on the moon because it was just rock, <laughs> no trees, no grass, a little puddle of water. But I, I don't know, it moved me in that moment because I thought, now here's some people who are hearing this message in a country where this is frowned upon and they're out here baptizing a guy where if someone saw them doing that, they would be shot dead immediately. Yep. And it was just, to me, it was powerful, which, so Larry said, what, what has happened at first, they, the refugees were coming in, they brought them to Jesus. They took care of their needs. They developed relationships. Now it's more of them sending them back out. Right mm-hmm. now they're so hooked on Jesus mm-hmm. that they're like, 
we'll risk our life. Now they risk their life to get out of there. Now they're risking their life to go back mm-hmm. and share Jesus. Really powerful. Which that's why I went was to answer the more powerful question. than the U.S. military or any other military. That's exactly right. Well, yeah, it's exactly. the only way you change hearts and minds. Remember how we kept saying for twenty years we could just change the hearts and minds, but you can't do that by passing out suckers and having well, you know guns. I'm, I'm gonna tell you some some of these. There's there's one family that got here. Their their story is quite amazing. Tell that tell that story. Well, so they pay smugglers. They're from Afghanistan. They pay smugglers ahead of time. You give a deposit, basically, to get you so far. And if you, by the time you get to the coast of Turkey, you hook up with the smugglers that are going to take you or actually put you in the boat and send you out. And you've got to get the mile and a half over the Aegean Sea to get to the, to the island, the first Greek island. And look, let me tell you this. When he was telling this, he was like, they give you like a crash course tutorial on how to operate a boat. You know, if you don't know how to operate a, ra- a boat. It's a raft. Yeah, they're like, here, well, here's how you do it. And good, good luck. luck. <laughs> and it's at night, mainly, so they're not seen. So this this guy, he, he couldn't speak English, but his daughter had been here long enough where she was translating, and she was precious. But she was telling us that once they got there, they had the money, so they got to get into a boat. And they were pushed off, but he said the sea was really rough. And they ended up on a different island than they thought that they were going to be on just because the sea took them a different way. And it was a rocky island. And there was like 40 people crammed in this raft. And so it's him and his wife, their eight-year-old daughter, who she Mm. was now 16. And then there's their eight-week-old, eight-week, six, maybe six-week. He said 40 days. So that's six weeks. Six-week-old baby. And the mom, the mom had him in her arms. And so she fell out and it, she, they started trampling because they were trying to, you know, people are trying well, to grab on he, the rocks. I think he, she handed it to the daughter, the well, eight-year-old daughter. Yes. So he's <clears throat> helping to save the wife. And so she hands the baby to the eight-year-old so they can get her up out of the water and all that. And people are trampling and running and trying to save themselves out of the water. And he looks and, at his eight-year-old daughter and she's, her arms are empty. Yeah, no the baby. Ba- baby's gone. So, so now you're like at night in a sea, middle of nowhere. Tra- people are trampling each other, just trying to save themselves. Well, at and this she's point, standing babe, the there. Boats, yeah, the boat's yeah, the turned boats, over there. The boat's got holes in it. It's gone. So he he looks and they just they couldn't they couldn't find him. And he said, just he said he gave all glory to God. He said the Lord showed me something white in the water, and I guess that's what the baby was wearing or a blanket. He dove in the water, grabbed the baby, not breathing, totally blue. They thought that he was completely dead. They tried to do CPR as much as they could. No one's trained. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I, I pushed, you know. He said, nothing. They, they said he's dead. He's dead. And they went into an, a cave. They found a little cave to try to warm up, built a fire, got the fire going. And then all of a sudden, there's movement from the baby and he starts coughing. Yeah. And he's alive. And wow. he was sitting in the living room with us. Well, yeah, he was, he was telling the story, and we're looking at the seven, eight, you know, eight-year-old kid. But he said, I made a vow right then. He said, I'm going to find God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was like... He was searching. He said, I, I, will, I, will, I will search. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they were really good believers. Yeah. I mean, just... He's leading, mm-hmm. actually, that family is leading the Afghan part of the church. Right. While another I guess guy's with so many different Iranians. cultures, mm-hmm. you kind of have to be able to 
work mm-hmm. in the different and they're doing right? a fabulous language job. Language barriers. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, and, 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 my and you know those. Yeah, people. I mean there there's multiple interpretations going on, like at the where we were at the group, mm-hmm. the underground group, because everybody there's different. Uh, you know, people from different countries. Right, that's what I'm saying. Together. It's it's and they're very tribal crazy. within their own countries. Well, I mean. and so another thing, it, <laughs> you know, miss. let's take another break. Another reason, you know, I said this in Israel, you know, about the Jewish culture, and then also now with this culture and and meeting some of these people. That verse when Jesus says, "Unless you hate your mother and your brother, you cannot be my disciple." And yeah. for us, it's like, well, you know, you just that just means love, love less, less right. right? These people are really turning their, they have to turn their backs on their families because now their families aren't just mad at them. Their families now are out to kill them right. because of the, this Muslim culture. Yeah. And so, you know, this, this one man I told you the story about, he actually got rescued his mom and had his mother living with them and was sharing Jesus with her. And she is a believer now. I'm not sure if they baptized her or not, but I know she was believing in Jesus. But his brother found out about it, who's a part of the Taliban, came and got her, basically kidnapped her and took her off. And so they don't really, they don't talk to her. They're worried about her. So you talk about not just radical Islam, but then they choose this guy's brothers in the Taliban. And he's chosen Jesus and wants to leave, lead his family to Christ. Yeah. These are just one of the stories that we heard, and that there's there's many out there we didn't hear. Oh, the other uh, another story we heard from kind of the Persian leader was he was just telling the story, and he had some. I mean, it was a long story, but at some point in it, he ended up on the bottom side of a of a dump truck, literally just holding on. That's how he was and, smuggling his way out of that country. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, they stopped at some checkpoint, had dogs and all. And because they like, said that the, <laughs> the bus driver was putting it in gear, and he was holding on, and he was under the gears, <laughs> under the bus, so it would kept hitting him in the chest, and the bus couldn't go. And so, yeah, I thought it was a dump truck. Maybe it was a bus. It was a bus, yeah. yeah. And so he he just bruises, you know, but he's still holding on, thinking, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. And they, you know, the mirrors and the... But he said they were making fun of, you know, they put him in jail. And he's like, they were making fun of me. And he said, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, he's like, every time people saw me, they would laugh. And although, I mean, he was scared. And he's like, why are they laughing? When he finally looked in the mirror, he just said he had oil all over him. And he didn't realize it. So it's like the only thing when he opened his eyes, it was just Mm -hmm. the white of his eyes is all you could see. Of course, here he's telling this story and we're kind of laughing about it. But I'm thinking, man, what a rough (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but he, now he's leading that entire church of, of our I mean, just a warrior. And he's awesome. Just the sweetest nature guy. You but know, that's what loves we, the Lord loves people. We concluded, you know, it's amazing what Jesus does and the Holy Spirit filled people. You know, it took away nationality, color of skin, all these differences that we put on people. And we, we experienced it because... He said he shared Jesus. They they brought people to Jesus from twenty two different nations of, of these radical groups, and I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, but when we were there together, it was just like family. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> very. I, I easy saw no different around. in the house church we were with, although the language barrier was tough. But a lot of them who've been in the Lord seven, eight, ten years, 
they actually know some English and their kids know English. Yeah, their kids are the translators for sure. Yeah. Well, you definitely understood, and we've talked about this before, Jay, that how the gift of tongues would have really come in handy yeah. in settings like that. Of course, you guys were right there where, where we read about where this was happening, mm-hmm. but you understand the why of it now mm-hmm. because you had all those different cultures meshing. It's the same thing in Acts. I mean, Corinth was this draw. What you guys went to Corinth to tell us about a little bit about that. Yeah, let's tell a little bit about well, it. That was so heavy. Let's Corinth tell. was the like the first day that we were there. Yeah, and it was it was amazing to me because <laughs> I kept uh, you know I thought Corinth was bigger. I thought Corinth was a larger city than that. But when we walked the old ruins of it that are still there, you can see like when Paul was pulled out of the of the home that he was staying in in Corinth and dragged down the street and then brought in front of the council. Well, I just thought, I guess because of Jerusalem, I just thought, you know, that that's probably a ways away. He was dragged. It's right there. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and he's, he's pulled right there and the council is kind of raised up on a platform. Yeah, you actually showed us a picture of it. Well, yeah. Plus, too, yeah. we saw the little canal, which you're talking about a crazy site. We took a picture on it. The... I don't know what canal they call that or whatever. It's, it's the Corinth, isn't it? The, the Corinth, Corinth canal? canal. But you realize that this place, and it's just surrounded by water, you realize this was the shortcut for all these yeah. countries coming through Because it was the largest seaport in, in the world at that time. Right. Yeah. So I just mean you, you had a, such a various difference in the type of people that were there. And then when we saw the little town there, you know, you, you – read about the history of having the bath houses and they took these, you know, people walking around naked in the bath house. I mean, you, you see it and you can picture it. And yeah, it was like, hello world, here I there's am. There's different rooms for different activities, you know. <laughs> but but when Paul was dragged through the street, he was dragged right by that bathhouse, which is just right there in the middle of the town open. Right. And so it made me realize, you know, whenever he address the Corinthian church in two long letters, there was a lot to address. I mean, the, they, they had a lot of sin going on. And the way that they glorified their bodies, the way that they glorified women's bodies, you know, to a whole nother level. I mean, we're talking, I mean, Athens is named after the Greek god Athena. Yeah. Yeah. And temple was built out, you know, because of her. And when you, we, we visited up there, and when you're, you know, there's a, it's a 60-foot statue that was there of her with the Parthenon built around it. Mm-hmm. But when you're standing up there, you look down on the Zeus, Temple of Zeus. Well, you know, they're, they're kind of supposed to be equal in stature, but Athena was way, way larger in scale. And she yeah. looked down on Zeus. Right. You know, they're all mythical, but, but to them, these were, these were real. That's why they honored them so much, which is so messed up. Yeah, and then there was such a sexual connotation to them. Well, we saw... Let's take our last break, Jeff. We saw that in Corinth, though. That what they would do is they would, first of all, they had all these sculptors that were headless. And I was like, somebody took all the heads off. And they were like, no, you just, if you, so when they have the election and you lose, they cut your head off of the sculptor and just put somebody so else's head the up. The party. So the party, whatever party is in power, that's the party's heads that go on the sculptures. So yeah. if that party loses power and another one comes in, all those heads go off and they're replaced by the new by the new heads. But I'll tell you what else, Phil, <laughs> look, we they found at where we were at in uh, Corinth, they found all these, they basically made sculpted mannequins of humans. And you, you could, 
sacrifice whatever part of your body that you weren't happy with. Because we're we're looking at remember that wall we looked at and all the body parts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. And because uh, I looked around, I was like, "Well, I'm feeling way better about myself here." Because <laughs> I mean, from head to toe, anything they didn't like, well, they found it and they would like sacrifice it, hoping the gods would supply them with a better body part if they go through this process. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get to you know when you were talking about that tower of Athena. When, when you look down and you see Mars Hill, which is just a rock, and even when we were there, there were thousands of people up in the main where all the Greek gods were. And there's just, just a, a little, there's yeah. a little handful down there on Mars Hill crawling around. And so we made our way down there, which Missy read Acts 17 yeah. while we were there. And uh, got, which, a, got a little emotional well, about it. Which I mean, was, I've used that passage so many times in studying with people to actually be there. I mean, I was trying to get who, who's going to read it. And finally, I said, you just read it. I was like, OK, I'll just read it. And it was, I don't know, I got emotional, <laughs> you know, actually reading. What, and there's that, people all around, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, people yeah. were stopping to listen. You know, there wasn't a whole lot. And some were just there for the view because they wanted the, the Parthenon in their background right. of their pictures, you right. know. So I actually preached that sermon. I memorized it before I got yeah. over there. I just went verbatim, just like the apostle. Well, a lot Paul of people did. were crying when Dad was quoting it. Yeah. So here's what I was going to tell you what happened. Because how thought, slippery is that rock, though? Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm it's every man it for himself. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah, and I like to get in trouble there because they were digging up the parking lot right at the base of it, and I'm like, there was the dirt. I was looking at all these treasures laying in the dirt. <laughs> they were just digging it up. And I said, you know what? I'm fixed to sift through that dirt. I mean, what? I mean, I know they're going to blow the whistle, but. Well, there would have been whistles. But as I approached, there was like 10 law enforcement that came out. I mean, if you, they start digging into the dirt, the law enforcement shows up because they don't want you touching anything. But the reason I'm. Yeah, saying, Ryan told me you asked him if you could take your, your metal detector. Yeah, they said, you're free to metal detect here because when I was going through the what I needed to do, and they're like, and we'll let you know if you're approved in three to seven months. I said, Okay, let's. <laughs> there went that. We're leaving next oh, week. No. So, so we're on Mars Hill. Missy reads that. She gets emotional. We're all feeling good. Well, all of a sudden, this Russian voice comes up because he was heard the tail end of Missy reading. It. He's like, I don't, I don't, I forgot what his first line was. It was something to the effect of, I don't care about God. Well, he said, and, your God doesn't care about me, so I don't after care they about heard him. That, that's what he said. He said, your God doesn't care about me, so I don't care about him. Now, this is, you got to remember, now, when he did that, because I thought, ooh, let me get my phone out, because I knew, I could tell Missy was passionate about what she had just said, and in that moment, and now we have a response. <laughs> so I got my phone out, because I was like, I am fixing to record what's happening here. <laughs> like a cage a match. viral moment. Yeah, up. it did. And they, when they heard the Apostle Paul, same thing. It said some sneers. Oh, sneered. this is what well, we had some sneering going exactly on, exactly like what M- Missy heard. Yeah. And uh, but I thought, but some believed. But I thought Missy and Larry, they they kind of. I stayed out of it, but I filmed it. Basically. But uh, well, I looked around. I've got like three ministers with me. So I'm yeah. looking around like who who's who who do I need to make way for? You know, none of them moved, and no. I was like. Well, I can't, after reading this out loud, and we have actually the sneering, and they're confronting my faith, what I believe 100%, <laughs> I, I can't, how can I just, you know, ignore what he's saying? I, I can't yeah. do it. I felt like this was a whole, 
God is right here moment, and we're you fixing to take your a stand. Athena, oh, Athena it, moment right it, there. It, yeah, the, the godly <laughs> Athena. It was awesome. And I thought, of course, it was, you know, they teamed up on him. And he was, we, we all concluded that he had, because he had been in a war, he got, you know, he He's got been into. shot four times, he said. And, you know, he, he was lives like, where in, was God during that war? He just had know? a hard time. It was That's a very, right. very hard time. And all I could feel for him was sympathy and love. That's what I, I, I just, there was something in me saying, I know that debating up here is not the answer. Right. This is not the answer. And this is not how we're going to win him to Christ. But I want him leaving here and leaving our little group feeling like, you know, those Christians weren't as bad as I've always thought they were. Yeah. Like, the, I feel like they might have actually cared for me. Yeah, so well, I think I think since I wasn't involved in the conversation I was watching, I had a different perspective than them because they were all lathered up. Because this guy was really, he was tough and he was but, bitter but we and never, he was loud. And he was. He, he kept raising his voice. He was. Oh, he was intimidating. Was he an American or a he Russian. was a Russian? Russian. Oh, he was in the Serbian War oh, and he'd yeah. seen atrocities. And he's like, and what did the church do? And he had had bad church experiences, mm-hmm. you know, because he's like, the reason I don't believe in your God is because the people I was, I went to church with, I'm better than they are, and that's not saying much, you know, because he. So evidently, he had had a history. But from my perspective, I thought, well, why is he here? He could have been up there with everybody else looking at the. At the Greek God, what? Why is that Mars Hill? What's he doing on Mars? I think he was searching. I think they did a fantastic job of well, introducing the grace. Probably a better love way than Jesus. just saying, "Hey, Vladimir Putin, that's why you people are going to hell." Well, right. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. you know, that probably wasn't the best approach. No, and that's not what happened. I mean, we we told him that God does love him, yeah. and and yeah. we also, I just kept thinking he he knew enough about God, the God to say he doesn't care about him. He knew enough about him to not like God. And so I just kind of went from that. I said, you've obviously been reading and you've been searching. I hope that you'll just keep reading and searching because the truth is out there. And I want you to know that we love you. You know, we we ended up like we all shook hands with him, you know, and like even Robert Abels, who was with us, elder at our church, soft-spoken guy. And he said later, he said, you know, I, I, I prayed for him tonight i said so did yeah. i because i i said i'm gonna be looking for those white pants in heaven because i feel like mm-hmm. that this was the seed planted and that it's not up to us anymore yeah you know, so he was a russian wearing so white pants he was, he was. <laughs> well he's from so Siberia. i want to oh, okay. yeah. end this on some positive uh stories so i kept i kept griping about the food because just wasn't good and uh, I was like, we have to get out of this city. Yeah, We have to. There's fish everywhere around this. You can't go, what they say, 13 miles without running into a major sea mm-hmm. by the water. So they finally, the last day, had found us a place. And, uh, of course, Missy had her own fish story, which, you know, the one day I was sick, they were taken advantage of because they went by and saw this little booth <laughs> where they could pay money to have fish eat the dead skin off their feet <laughs> have you ever and seen I that said, before you put your feet in this yeah. water and the fish eat your dead skin they just nibble and, at your and feet. they all did it look they i was like why would you they should have paid you you fed their fish <laughs> look I mean, we were out there it was just it was a shopping day jay's was in the bed so we were just getting out you know and and we're we're shopping in Robert Abel's, who's, how old's Robert? 70? Mm, 70. 70-ish. So he's very quiet, natured guy, and he's looking at it. And I said, what? He said, what is that? I said, oh, I, 
we're standing there. Like, I think that's where the fish eat your feet. I, I can't do that. And I looked at him and he's just kind of standing there. I said, are you thinking you want to do that? And he looked at me. He kind of shook his head. I said, I'll do it if you'll do it. <laughs> so me and Robert start going in. Of course, the lady is there. That's the famous the last big, words. It's <laughs> a big, large Greek lady. And she's looking at us thinking, I got to get these Americans money. And she's, oh, yeah. she said, do you fish a very hungry? I was like, what? She said, they're very hungry. Come on in. I was like, oh, my goodness. They pay them $10 to have fish eat their skin. So what I was going to say. How was that sensation? I'll do it again. I I said, I may not last long, but actually it wasn't Don't ever do that again. There's a new business out at your your plantation. You're going to have a little koi pond with skin You talking about a racket. They're feeding their fish (laughs) off of your dead skin. Look, it actually works. paying for it? It works. then you can go back and buy the fish and have it for supper. And look, and then I said, what do water look like? And she went, what? I was like, and you stuck your feet in? Don't look too close in the corners, everyone. The mold was starting to grow. (laughs) So finally, look, I was going to say they found this place on the edge of the sea and uh i could just tell it had a different vibe because we're now we're out of the city and uh i said the the waiter i was like look what where's the meat where's the fish and he's like i'll bring them to you and so i thought what does that mean so he brought this platter and he had three fish he had a red snapper a sea brim and he had a grouper and he said which one you want i said i'll take that grouper there and he look, he peeled back the the gill, and I thought only a commercial fisherman would do that. To check and see. To sh- he fresh. showed me that gill, and I said, "Oh yeah." He said, "So you want to share that with somebody?" I said, "No, I want that." <laughs> Actually, you shared and, it with me, but yeah, well, was I meant it, it was amazing, phenomenal, <laughs> one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. I, they cooked the whole thing, the I had head pictured. and everything. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And I thought, boy, it's amazing what you can do if you get something fresh and you know how to cook and you (laughs) get out of this doggone city. You got to find some fish. Got a birthday shout out today. Oh, today will be Karina's 22nd birthday. Happy birthday, Karina. Up in Minnesota. Yes. Uh, Two things I want to clear up. One is the earlier passage from earlier in the podcast was 2 Corinthians 10 is the uh, strongholds. And the second thing was, I thought it was interesting that Missy said when she thinks of Greece, she thinks of Mama Mia. Did you know what she was talking about, Dad? No. I didn't Mama either. Mia, Mama Mia. I had no idea. Jason, okay. did you it's understand that? It's a musical. No yeah, so it's I, a I musical. thought it was interesting because you said it and I thought, I don't know what that means. Well, a lot, I guarantee okay. you they don't know. Well, a, lot you of our, a lot of about, your listeners will know what that is. I thought is. you meant your mom and Mia. No, it's a movie. <laughs> okay. a perfect ending. Welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.